Training Game, guys. Episode number four. I'm Big John DePaulo. This is Big Johnny. Yes, Big Johnny. Or, you know, you have a couple of nicknames for him, but I like them all. I call him Johnny Muscles, <laughs> Johnny Handsome. He's a good-looking guy, too. He's no, always I don't being, go that way. He's if being I very did, I'd be, I'd be a happy woman, but no. You too, brother. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, my name is John Kioskarigis, and this is episode four, as John said. And we are going to cut this into two parts because it's a nice, it's a topic that is near and dear to me and also near and dear to Big John here. But we wanted to get involved in talking about the mindset and also the mental health aspects of training. I uh, first want to start off with the mindset. I think it's such a huge topic of conversation when you get into any type of training or goal. And I'm always I'm like having a grin now because it makes me think of where I was and now where I am. It controls everything. That's why. <clears throat> yeah, it absolutely does. It gets your mind focused in a place where you are, you're active. You know, you're ready and active and willing to go. And I want to discuss on how negative energy affects training. Hmm. Very much so. So are you alluding to the people in the gym that might bring in toxic energy? Or are we saying going to the gym on a toxic head from a toxic family member? I feel like what are we talking about I feel here? like hanging on the ladder is important to discuss. Just hanging on, you know, having like a toxic place that you might be involved in, whether it's situational, whether it's home life, whether it is who knows, in a classroom. And you want to go to a place now that you have now made a positive outlet, which is the gym. How does someone overcome that and say to themselves, I know that this is good for me. I know it's working for me. I've been active in fitness for like a week. I feel good about myself. And now I just have a lot of negative outside forces that have now affected and impeded that progress. I don't want to go now. Let me wait another day. Let me wait another day until that takes over. First off, be aware that these things do exist. I'm walking testament to the fact I came from a setting where sometimes there was toxic energy. Doesn't matter how it was conveyed, indirectly, directly, but there's times when it's debilitating on you and you know you got all your vitamins in you, you're eating correctly, drinking all your water. When you still go to the gym, there's a debilitating feeling. Something's got control over you. It's got control over your nutritional consumption. Everything on point is coming to a crash. It could do that to you. But what I could what I could talk about and how I overcame that, and I think it would help most people, number one, minimal contact around things like that, that carry into your gym time. Now remember, that's your only time away from everyone and to be in touch with yourself. Why ruin it? You want to go there with a clean slate. You know when you go back home, it's still going to be there. If you belong to a setting like that or, or live that way, just learn how to filter out the negativity. It's hard. It's really hard. But if there's something that's making you question yourself, that you know it's not you, now you know everything's a lie around you. So that's how you look at it. That's how you believe it. So what you believe is what you're going to bring forth to people. And just go to the gym, train hard. Realizing you still, when you go back home, you're still going to war. Once, one in the fashion of the gym and one with toxicity until you get it out and get away from it. But that's how I did it. I filtered it out. Like it didn't matter to me because things that were toxic about it could sometimes cause you to say, is there something wrong with me? And when you go through the whole checklist and you say, no, 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 possibly. Because it can make you feel like that a lot of the times when you're sitting yeah. in this, in, in an area or vicinity or a place that you're not 
you know, liking very much, but you have no choice. Correct. And then you go somewhere that brings that positivity back into your, into your, you know, persona again. You feel good, but it's just for that maybe hour. And that's why maybe sometimes you spend two hours or something there because it's now bringing that positive reinforcement back. You can carry on with it. You can make it a habit. Can I tell you the upside in that though? Yeah. The upside is knowing that wherever you're going, a person that you must trust this person that you're going to meet or you're going to train with, you look at that as a priceless situation. An hour, an hour you look forward to on Tuesday when it's only Monday. You get it? It kind of exemplifies your chances of going to the gym and feeling that good. When it's someone that you know you don't want to let down and you don't want to let them down either. There's a mutual exchange. That, that setting is powerful. Because you know you're escaping a certain territory for a better situation. But that better situation is magnificent because they're on the same level. They train you just as hard. They challenge you how you challenge them. You understand? They see things the way you see them. They know you they, they notice you study their set just as important as they study your set. So there's reciprocity. You know, I can definitely attest to that too. Even growing up, not necessarily you know, like bad households. You know, my mom was a single parent for the longest time growing up and she was working several jobs and my brother was also working and I was still young and, yeah. you know, I would do odd jobs here and there, but mostly I was focused on school. Sure. And, you know, it was the people that I was surrounding myself with at that point. It was sort of this negative force field that was gravitating in my pathway and I would keep hanging out that way until I had found the gym, like I talked about in the, in the first episode. And, um, you know, that really was a big turning point for me because it was a lot of negative impact and forces around sure. me. And it's like what anyone says, you are what your friends are. Yeah. I feel like that's so true when you're equating it to life and you're, when you're pushing it towards your goals. But, you know, getting into the gym and making that positive adjustment it carried out through the rest of my life. And I knew that I can always lean on that as an anchor because it's something that's healthy. You yeah. know, it wasn't a drug. If it was any drug, it would be the gym, you Absolutely. know, which, which saved my life, really. It got me away from all the people that were taking drugs that had passed on from it, from these uh, bad, bad, horrible instances. Natural high versus synthetic high. Go on, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a great point to talk about too. And I want to I wanna touch upon that now that you mentioned it because, sure. you know, what does that difference really mean for you? For me as a person? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a drug addict, so I wouldn't know, but I could tell you where I know that they're going based on my knowledge of drugs. I had friends that took drugs. It makes you curious about what goes on in their brain towards why they even take these things that they do. So naturally, you look into the drug to see what it does. So from what I know, from what I gathered, it's all synthetic means, man. It's man-made material that people take, and they do increase dopamine and serotonin, like that euphoric look, you're real happy, right? Yeah. But what happens is after that, say it lasts like three hours for a person. Now they got to chase after the four-hour high and then a five just to attain the same effect. That's the three. Follow so far? Okay, so what do they do? They take more drugs. That's, that can't be too healthy. When you're working out, you have that natural shift in endorphin release and it lasts longer because it's not reliant on synthetic chemicals that will ride you harder than the gym, true, but very short-lived. And then that's what it calls upon for more drugs to create a better high, you understand? So basically yeah. one is natural and one is synthetic. One is good for you, one is bad. It's all how you see it. 
right? You know, if that, definitely. I mean, thinking about that on my perspective too, coming from a different angle is I've always looked at something as a synthetic drug because I'm also in the same boat. I haven't done anything. And, you know, when I look back on something like that, but the inner circle of friends that I have had were always using and abusing these types of drugs, I said to myself, okay, I see the way it makes you act and the way it makes you feel. There's got to be another way to do this without a means that's going to harm your body. You know, maybe, maybe I can attribute it to being involved in sports my whole life. <laughs> that I can, you know, athletically inclined, my head was always geared towards, okay, what's the next? What's the next solution? Yeah, what's the next how thing? How do I make be? this better? Absolutely. Like, how do, I, how do I make something better? How do I tweak it? How do I make the situation better? How do I make it evolve to where it's benefiting me? Because I would come home and, and not feel great about myself. I think this all stems from a personal problem that you and I both share as friends that I know for a fact. I think um, it's got nothing to do with that. It's more so what we're chasing after. We try to help these people. These people end up very captivating. They're very, they're very charming. But on, on the same token, I kind of feel bad sometimes having a good heart and being raised by a good mother with good intentions. You tend to follow and emulate those good patterns through life. But it could be a bad thing too. There's someone sometimes where you subconsciously might want to validate, get, get validation from, the reassurance that you're helping someone because you can't help someone you love perhaps. So you take a step outside of your lineage, out of your boundaries of your DNA, try to help someone. Some of them have really bad baggage, man. They have drugs, um, bad habits. You want to fix them. Next thing you know, you run into a problem too. You understand? Yeah, you almost become assimilated into... Get the in. thing that you were trying to get away from. Correct. And because it, it's it what you know. You it's what you know. So you you get you gravitate towards what you know, but what you know isn't essentially what you need. Yeah, that need versus what you actually, I guess, want in that way. The need, need versus presented situation. What's what's presented itself. Yeah, like the cool thing to do, the enticing thing to do is not necessarily. Enticing. the best thing for you if, you, if you're actually searching for that. I mean, yeah. everyone has their own inclination of looking inside themselves and I would urge people to do that more to just take, you know, a minute a day in silence and just focus on you and try to dispel things around you and, and you'll start to hear these little good voices pop up within you that say, hey, maybe let's try something like this today. Hey, maybe it's a nice day. Let's go for a walk. You know, and I myself was trapped in something like that as well. Going for a walk? Well, even being trapped in, you know, a depressive state, yeah. you know, because I've dealt with that for a very long time in my life. It sucks. It, it, it's, it, I can only compare it to living in, you know, uh, a horror that you kind of can't escape. Wow. And when you finally do escape it and, you know, what really helped me was the gym because I, like I said, even knowing as a teenager that this catalyst would continue going back and reverting to it, it was always a positive thing and it should be because it's promoting your positivity and health. Absolutely. I bring it everywhere I go. I try to, I try to spread it like wildflower. I try to. So I'm going to go back and, and uh, talk about um, how I felt during the state I was in. And basically my mindset had shifted a bit. Shifted. You know, where I was involved in this um, wanting to be at home and you know the pandemic really pushed that out of me and it kind of carried over and i i lost myself in this way of i'm always active you know how i was sure and how i am You're I'm an not, athlete. yeah i need to be active you right. know and that stimulates that positivity for me 
it may be different for someone else. Maybe who knows visiting a relative for me, I knew it was always going to be something of fitness related because that's what helped me get out of being around, you know, people that were negative or being around drugs that I didn't want to be involved in. For those who don't know, Johnny's an athlete. He's actually, he actually was a runner. Could you verify that? Yeah, I was a runner for a while. I never competed in any long distance stuff, but I would do stuff like, you know, mini marathons, like uh, 5K, nothing nothing crazy or special. I really pushed myself in athletics with basketball. Uh, and then I got into bodybuilding. And as I had done that, I still continue it now. And I did a show last year. But um, going through that course takes a huge shift in mindset, you know, it, it, big time. I never bodybuilded, but I train the way they do. I train hard. You absolutely do. So I understand the torture they put themselves through. Yeah, and I mean, it's going back to that part of getting out of that, how do I get out of it? It really took a lot of pushing myself. Yeah. Pushing myself in a way where I needed to stay motivated with a goal. Because that goal in mind then said, okay, how do I attain it now? And you go through the little steps and you break it down that way. Okay, I'm going to go for a walk. It's a nice day. Okay, that breaks me out. Oh, it's nice outside. Okay, the next day, I go for a run maybe. Jog. Next day after that, I go into the gym. And then after that, it, it's almost like muscle memory again. Yeah. It fits back into place. It feels good. There are those days where the mindset <clears throat> has to really acknowledge that. Okay, you have two choices today, John. You can stay at home and feel this way for a couple of days because it may shift that way again. Or you can go and get yourself active with what triggers you, which is fitness and get positivity. A head, get a head start on it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, being being active in that way with your mind, I feel like promotes that mindset to get active into athletics or get, get active into you know fitness, anything like that. Absolutely, man. Um, mentality is everything. Mentality is everything. I just know I got to get up in the morning and I, I have to do it. I can't cultivate the feeling without the gym. So either way, we have to have a relationship. We have to run into each other. It's inevitable. It's a relationship. It's a given. It's a take. I give hard work. You give me serotonin and dopamine. You make me feel good. You make me rationalize things a lot better. You put me on more of a logical head, right? Yeah, and it's proven that you know when you activate these endorphins, yeah. it stimulates positivity. And that's one of the things that I really want to weigh heavy on with this is that no matter how you're feeling or no matter how unapproachable something may seem, if you, if you get out there and be active, it doesn't have to be in a gym. It doesn't have to be, you know, um, uh, becoming a member of a sports team or anything like no, that. No, not at all. Just get out there. Just get outside. Go for a walk. You know, promote that active recovery for yourself. Um, get, you know, go for a run. <coughs> these kinds of things may seem like, Okay, yeah, it's it's not rocket science to think of it like that, but when you're in when you're in such a rut like that and and the mind sort of takes over in a way where it's it's not letting you escape in a way, you have to give yourself a positive proven outlet scientifically that helps you, that pushes you to release a positive endorphin. It could feel it could be something else for you, but we're talking about health, right? We're talking yeah. about fitness. We're talking about promoting that positivity in your yeah. life. And I feel like for me, that's what worked. For me, that's what really helped me. And it continued on from then. And I know that, okay, I can let myself be 
uh, okay for like four or five days, will I go back into the same rut that I'm in? Probably no, not because no. I've dealt with a lot of stuff, you yeah, know, head on. You know how to circumvent that now. Exactly. Yeah. You know how to circumvent it. You develop these tactics for yourself. And I, I feel better about myself. But I know that subconsciously in the back of my head, I say, okay, well, I know that this was the trigger. I'm just going to keep this going, you know, throughout the rest of my life. And I always say that I will be bodybuilding for the rest of my life, even if I'm not competing, because it's something that has provided this, you sustenance know, you. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a mental sustenance. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I tell you what I used to do and I still do? Yeah. So if I take a little bit of a leave, a leave of absence in the gym for unseen circumstances, which rarely, if even ha even at all happens. But when it does happen, apparently it does. This is why I have an antidote for it. I go right to the fucking park. You know why I go to the park? Because the sun is out. I'm not going to do Rocky from Moscow and come out with my jacket and I'm not going to freeze. Good weather. What does vitamin D stimulate? Endorphins, dopamine, serotonin. So I'm, I'm in an anabolic environment. How's the word for that when it comes to the gym and anabolism? I'm in an anabolic environment. I do pull-ups, push-ups, dips, and I might walk around the track after that a couple of times. And that what, what happens is I feel so good going home. It's kind of like a jump start going to the gym for four days straight because you're in the sun. So there's endorphins right there. And you're exercising, doing calisthenics, the total body movements that using all your functional muscles as well. You know, And before you know it, on the third day, Sometimes even the second. Depends on how magnified the effect is. It does happen though, either the first or the second the second day. I go right to the gym the next day. You know, I like an animal. Well, I, you're an animal. <laughs> I remember when you told me that, but it like it gets me so active when you when you text me that you're like you're an animal. And I just I think of it in context of I need to be I need to be a lot better right now or today and it pushes me. But you're right. That's I not mean, because you doubt yourself now, is that? No, not at all. It actually now is a motivating factor. It's like- Because uh, you know I depend on you, so I know you're an animal, so you have something to uphold. I'm creating a threshold for you to always get better. Yeah, it's Did because- Did you even know I was doing that? No, and I'm, I'm saying that- Well, you now know, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> it was an inside thing too. But you know, it actually what it does is that you've seen the epitome of what I can be as an athlete. And you've also seen the lowest of low yeah. in my personal life, you know, and that, that says a lot and speaks volumes. So when you say stuff like that, I know how personal it is, but I know you're also motivating it in a way where it's, it's going to trigger an active response. It's going to be healthy. Two things from pinnacle to epitome, right? Yeah. High to low. Okay. Number two, I say that to you because I know how much your body means to you, right? So yeah. when your body means that much to you, Sometimes the way you want to get through to someone who's going through a downtrodden phase and doesn't know how to get out of it, you help them by illustrating a picture. You paint a little picture for them that has to do with, listen, you might have been younger five years ago, right? And you take this time off knowing you have resilience, right? But each and every time you dive back into the pond from resilience or you think you're becoming resilient, it becomes harder every time. Now, once upon a time, you take time off, maybe two, three weeks, you go back in the gym. Took me two days to heal. Wow, I'm on the third day and my shoulder's still killing me. What could that be? It's a sign. You have to be wrong in order, in order to become right sometimes. You need something to overcome, but overcome the fucking thing. Overcome it. Now you understand the repercussions. Used to be a week of healing. Now it's three weeks. What am I gonna wait for, six months? The muscle to, to, to rip on all tendons. 
man, use this, use this instinctually, well, instinctually it, what to do. It was so beautiful what you said to me a couple of times where I was, I was dealing with some stuff and this was like the onset of everything. And mm -hmm. you were like, you're like, John, it's, it's nice and sunny out. Just go work, walk with your shirt off, man. Just go outside, walk with your shirt off, get that vitamin D in there and, and go do some pull-ups or something like that. And I said, okay. And you know what it made me, what it brought me back into? It brought me back into being on stage. 150 good looking woman. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I were that, I'd be the most eligible bachelor in history. Well, that's why I told you to take the shirt off in That'd part. That'd be amazing. That's also an endorphin release. Yeah. It's knowing, it, building absolutely. back your self-confidence. It is. It's a good gauge to see. If you haven't walked with your shirt off in a while, and you know, you're an attractive man with, with a good body, That'll bring you right back into time. <laughs> you know, I, I appreciate it. It's very flattering hearing that from you too. But, yeah. you know, I, I appreciate that a big time. I do it too. I know you do. <laughs> and that's the best part about this is that yeah. people may think of it as, okay, what he said is, you know, I know a lot of viewers may say, okay, maybe it's a conceited thing that he says, oh, he looks like himself. But it's not the case at all. You know, really what it was is you nailed it. It was a, it was a confidence thing with myself. John. And I need to get back to that point of not feeling like I'm king of the world. But when I was on stage competing, it it brought me to the best shape of my life. And it was, that was for me. It wasn't for anyone else. You know, you're showing yourself out. People have a misconception of bodybuilding, but, you know, you, you're out there and these, these guys work really hard. And they're showcasing things for themselves. And it's part of a sport. It's a beautiful sport. Mm -hmm. But what happened with me was I, I sort of lost a lot of that confidence in that aspect and didn't know where to pry it from again. And I knew that something was missing and the depression gym component. Yeah, depression definitely does that. You know, and the gym was a major component with this. And so it pulled me back in. And by you saying that comment, it made me laugh, but it made me laugh in a way where it said, you know, this guy does know where I where I need to be and where I'm headed. He's He understands yeah. that it's not like a conceited thing. You know, it's the human body, right? You're, you're happy with what you look like, you show it off, right? People do it at the beach. But in this <coughs> case, going out there and walking with my shirt off, quote unquote, in that aspect made me feel gaining confidence Special. back slowly. Yeah. You Th know, think of getting it as, the vitamin D. Think of it as a birthday card, you know? It's a reminder you're special. Early birthday card. When that's, they look at you like that, well, he must have all the answers. Like, that's right. That's the person I was. Thank you for, I needed you to remind me. Yes. I can't remind myself because I'm going through a self-doubting phase, perhaps. Yeah. And, and you look for a jump start. You don't need that much help. You need a jump start. Yeah, and it's so crucial. I'm trying to understand, and that's how I'm rationalizing it. Yeah, and it's super crucial in those moments for people that are either going through that because you may have, you know, you may not have someone in your inner circle. And how do you do that when no one's there and no one's available when you want to, you're on this great run with yourself by staying positive and then you get into a negative mindset. Well, yeah, it does affect your training. You know, I, I was champion of a banding weight class uh, for NPC in 2009. And, you know, being on top that much, and here I stand, what, six, seven months ago, feeling in this way, it happens to everyone, man. You know, and that's the, that's the main thing that I preach is that I want to make sure that if you are feeling in this way, if you do have these kinds of things going on in your life, number one, don't stay isolated, reach out. Number two, if you don't have anyone 
and you seriously can't reach out to anyone. That's bad. Get out, yeah, get outside. I recommend getting outside. Yeah. You don't have to go walk with your shirt off unless you unless you want to and you're an athlete, you know, but at the same time is get out there, you know, let the vitamin D hit you. Sometimes you say, okay, what about winter time? It's a little tougher. I would strongly recommend getting into a gym facility. Just get in there and do a trial pass and see how you feel because you're going to have positive endorphins being promoted to your body when you're in there, when you're staying active. And I feel like that's a really big uh, component for people that they could use as uh, little tactics that can help. It may not work for every single person uh, that, that listens to this. It's not an end-all be-all, but it helped me out. And I know that if you give it a try, it could help you out. Well, at the very least, get to an indoor handball court, some kind of movement if you should ever face like a problem like in the pandemic at the very least because sometimes getting to a gym is very hard for a lot of people it is they often i mean sometimes i think it's a little crazy gets to the point where i got nine ten hour work weeks you can't squeeze in 45 minutes though and this might sound sarcastic but it's also true sometimes we're on the phone fighting with verizon for 45 minutes maybe you don't got to fight with them just pay <laughs> Hey, whatever the problem is, go to the gym, man. Your gym will bypass all this nonsense. Yeah, and if you're, you know, it, you have a lot of things going on in your life, that's yeah. why I always say time is, it is relative, but if you utilize it to your maximum ability, maximum potential, meaning- Which most don't do. Yeah, which most don't do. And you feel like, okay, you know, and it's has been said so many times before by so many uh, people, but- you know, you have about six, seven hours to sleep. You progress on, you work for like eight hours, sometimes maybe 10. You still have time in there. You have a half hour to do something with it. What are you going to choose to do it with? Are you going to, you know, make yourself regress, you know, or are you going to help promote something that's going to be a tool you can use for the rest of your life? Yeah. And that's what, what, what this is all about. And that's what really had helped both of us. Yeah, sometimes it's the, the first step that's the hardest step for most people. It's so difficult to take that first step. That's why- I look, As you even saw with me. That's why I look at people who have fortunate ones in their lives that identify or share commonalities, like training, for example. I fall, you pick me up. You fall, I pick you up. It's mutual re reciprocation, mutual respect too, on a higher note. You have those in your life, you gotta be happy. And if you don't have those, you gotta look for people like that. Because if you don't put mental- Wellness first, it's going to be a problem. It becomes a spiraling effect. Yeah, it absolutely does. And people can never nail it and go, it's it's because I got to get to the gym. They can never nail that because they never really stepped into the gym with full full commitment to begin with. It's those who've done it for the longest amount of time and step away. Things get really bad. They eventually start to say, I got to get back in the gym. Yeah, it's that muscle Gym's memory. Gym's my name. <laughs> right, you They're can familiar with it. the trauma and- they know the difference between bicep trauma and trauma from life through the intricacies that happens when you don't go to the gym. Yeah, and I feel- Intricacies, excuse me. No, it's okay. Intricacies. <laughs> Sometimes it's the microphones, it's okay. Um, Shut up. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, going back to that, what, what would you say um, would get yourself focused being, you know, being focused before a workout? How important is that rather than just going in without yeah. any mindset plan? You just go walk into the doors and just try to figure it out 
rather than just going in with a plan and you're focused now on something and doing that instead? There's a damper in that question. Tell me. It's called clients. <laughs> so that doesn't mean a bad thing. It means sometimes I might have Mrs. Jones at 3.30 and I'm on my way to Mrs. Jones. She cancels at 3.15. Now I have a client at 6, so I have to go to the gym now. But I haven't prepped for it. I prepped for Mrs. Jones. And she prepped down for the demise of my bad workout. But I didn't let that happen, did I? You got to go on instinct is what I'm saying. It's called instinctive training. It only comes from experience of knowing the body. So if I walk in, I expect to use a flat bench. And there's a million people online. Like it's a cheese line or something, right? For, for a, a flat bench. I got to know instinctively. Well, how, what can I do now before I come back to that? Okay. The pec deck's open. I'll go do some... Pack deck. I'll go do some dumbbell flies. You understand? Yes. Yeah, so your instinct you're saying carries you through that. Yes. But to answer that question, maybe twofolded and cover the contingency of how about when I'm actually able to mentally prep myself? Yeah. How do let's I say, do that? How do I do that? Yeah. Let's say not, for, not from my aspects. I'll go into that on my side about talking about getting ready for something like a show or getting ready for something that, that kind of a training, well, that's a very, but, but for you getting involved in just getting up from a negative surrounding and getting your mind focused on the task at hand, you've already gotten past the hurdle now of saying to yourself, okay, I know that if I just get in there, I'll be okay today but you're still being pulled back a bit. What what do you have to do to focus yourself to just do it, to just get up and go? To stop me from being pulled and to, to proceed further? Yes. That's a simple answer. It's refers to everything, war, boxing. So before the gym, I watch boxing. It doesn't matter who I watch. It might be a, a real crazy battle I haven't seen in a long time. Those are familiar with boxing, sometimes I watch through Jamel Charlo and Brian Castano, the first fight, not the second fight. Such a brawl going back and forth, I could appreciate it because I go. I did, it's a battle for me in the gym too, so it resonates through the art of war. Since I'm a student of war, and arguably a battle before you even get in there. Correct. Yeah. If I used to, if like okay, <laughs> funny story. My physical therapist. He asked me what I do on a Saturday. I said I said not much. I just train, and I you know once the boy go out and have a nice time, and he goes. I said what are you doing, doc? He goes I'm playing handball. So I looked at him when he said that. I said, Doc, I used to be a strong, solid B player. You know that, right? He's like, really, you? I says, do you know what that is? He goes, it sounds like it's a good thing. It's shy of an A. I says, yeah, I was shy of an A player, meaning I was a B player that could get on the court with A players and they could bring the best out of me. Doesn't mean I'm going to beat them. Doesn't mean I'll lose either. But it'll bring out a better version of me. So he goes, you can't even wipe your ass. Look at you, you're so big. I says, Doc. <laughs> He he said this to me. It's another. I didn't get assaulted. No, I said I can't wait to fucking play him now. I'm gonna leave him. I'm gonna leave him on zero. I says, Doc, where do you play? He goes, Fort Hamilton Park. What day? Every Sunday. Oh, is there a starting time to this every Sunday? Seven forty-five. So okay, I'll see you Sunday. He didn't think I was being truthful. Sunday comes. I get up five in the morning. I get all ready and prepared, and I get there for six forty-five, quarter to seven in the morning. You see me with my shirt off, pounding this handball against the wall, under my legs, behind my back, in f overhand, on the hand, and he shows up. He's just pulling up in his Escalade with his workout on, and they're looking at me like this. 
Is this guy moving laterally that quick at his size? He looks like Donkey Kong on skates, you know? <laughs> How is he moving so, so quick? And they knew they were in, they were th what they were in for. I wanted to beat them. You see, that's something that's, uh, it's fun for me to hear that. It's a happy ending to that story. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I remember hearing that story for the first time and it's always that idea that this, you know, big guy can't move can't or move. can't, you know, be, um, you know. Agile. Yeah, very agile or even, even stretching and flexing that it's impossible for you to happen. Dumbest to thing, dumbest, dumb, dumbest stereotype I've ever heard in my life. Because if that's the case, how are some of these fighters over 200 plus pounds how are they agile? It's all how you train. You, you, if you train like a fighter or an athlete, automatically you're training in the lateral plane. Most people don't train lateral plane in gyms. They train what's in front or what's in back. And they got a poor connection what's behind, what they can't see. Because they feel they can't visualize with it. If you're doing a barbell curl, you see your biceps getting full of blood. Wow, it's impressive. You could see. It's become it's visual before it becomes physical, right? It's in sync. It's a whole connection. But they do a pull-down or a pull-up, and they look like they're just going through the motions. They're bored or they want to go quick and get, get to the final rep range instead of going slow and feeling the muscle, developing a connection nice and easy, using all the little muscles you don't use when you're doing a pull-up. You understand? Yeah, absolutely. I definitely do. I mean, I feel like it's, it's important for people to hear that because it comes from a perspective of... You with a lot of experience, experience with that. Yeah, <laughs> take the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Experience. Get out of here. <laughs> Don't take the words out of my mouth. <laughs> well, they should say Mortal Kombat. Come here. <laughs> Get over here. <laughs> it's a go game reference. It's okay. Um, <laughs> that does it for uh, this episode. Uh, we are actually going to do two-part, but we're going to talk about the rest of uh, mental health and training next week. And I want to dabble a little bit more, Big John, about the aspect of how you look at it as sort of like the art of war of trying to battle this negative energy in order for you to overcome it and become positive for that day and carry that out through your week. And it's going to be very informative. Hope everybody tunes in. Uh, my name is John Kioskarigis. You can find me on uh, social media, Instagram, John underscore Kioskarigis. My name is John DePaulo. You can find me at unique underscore physique 23 on Instagram. And please follow us on all our social media. We have uh, Apple Podcasts. We'll have our Patreon uh, set up, uh, merchandise store coming soon, as well as Spotify. Um, but give us a like, give us a comment. Let us know how you feel about certain episodes. Uh, we provide great feedback and information uh, and we'll utilize that to our advantage. And also we want to engage with our viewers and our listeners and make sure that you know, we're getting those topics out if it's something that we haven't discussed or questions that you might have. We will see you next week. Bong. Take Bong. Care. Peace. <laughs>